Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... This is Tim Staples of Catholic Answers. I'm excited to let you know that I also teach high school apologetics for homeschoolconnections.com, an online Catholic curriculum provider. There are also recorded independent learning courses at homeschoolconnections.com. Whether you take apologetics with me, literature with Joseph Pierce, or philosophy with Bill Donahue, or any of the other 400-plus courses with homeschoolconnections.com, it's a great way to get Catholic learning for your family. This episode is brought to you by Hallow, the number one Catholic app. Hallow has 1,000 audio-guided prayers and meditations for you to deepen your relationship with God. To listen to all of the Hallow meditations for free for 30 days, head to hallow.com breadbox. Hello, this is Sister Catherine Herms here, and it is my joy to be spending the next few moments together with you. Moments in the joy of Easter, but also moments that we can reflect on St. Peter and some of those emotionally and spiritually intense moments that he lived connected with the resurrection experience, as well as a healing he experienced, and the healing that Jesus wants to bring to us. Ultimately, the joy of Easter is the joy of the gospel. It is the good news that that breaks open our lives. It breaks open our lives with the possibility of mercy and hope. The possibility that life could be more than we could ever have dreamed that our days could be other than what we believe we've deserved. Resurrection joy this year has been a real time of grace for me. I like to imagine the apostles after the resurrection. The gospel stories, they leave us with this sense of breathless wonder and excited disbelief. Slowly though, ever so slowly, Do our minds change and our hearts reshape their hopes? It's a gradual process. And there must have been such gentleness about the gradual realization that someone had changed everything about what they thought would be their future. Even Jesus thoughtfully came again and again in different places, in different ways, to help his incredulous followers almost take in sips the ultimate reality of his resurrection and his continuous presence in and among them. Slowly is the perfect word to describe this Easter for me. Slowly has my heart warmed to the fact that I am different than who I thought I was, broken then, still broken now, but loved forever. This deeper Easter reflections make me think of St. Peter. When it comes to St. Peter, those last days of Jesus' life and his death on Calvary became pretty emotionally and spiritually intense. 
We can think of the words recorded from the Last Supper up to the days following the resurrection. First, you will never wash my feet. These words Peter told the master who was kneeling before him with basin and towel. You, Lord, will never wash my feet. Next, we hear him say, I will never betray you. Peter attested before his brother apostles when Jesus revealed that someone was going to betray him, someone in the room, someone he had known and trusted, someone he didn't name. What a surge of terror may have passed through Peter as he imagined what that could mean what that might mean if if it was him, what that would mean for their future. No, I will never betray you, the burly fisherman asserted, if only to keep the potential terrors at bay. Then we hear the words, I do not know the man. Before a wimpy servant girl, this self-proclaimed immovable column of fidelity and strength collapsed three times. I don't know this man, Jesus. The witness of this intense shame was a charcoal fire around which everyone was warming themselves on that chilly and fateful night. All of us have our own charcoal fires, back in the shadowy cobwebs of memories we wish were not our own. There are plenty of charcoal fires where we have chosen safety, pleasure, conceit over this Jesus, whom we proclaim to love with all our hearts. The embers of these charcoal fires still may be warm, the ashes not yet blown away on the winds of mercy. The charcoal fire appears again in Peter's story shortly after the resurrection. He went out fishing unsuccessfully. When a man called across the lake to lower their nets on the starboard side, Immediately, the nets were filled to the breaking point. It is the Lord, John whispered to Peter. What emotion must have gone through Peter's heart at that moment? Without a fear, without a worry, without a memory of the ashes that still smoldered from the charcoal fire that had witnessed his betrayal of the Lord, Peter leapt into the water and ran ashore. And there Jesus stood, next to the visual symbol of his betrayal, of his weakness, of Peter's shame. And it was at that charcoal fire that Jesus asked Peter one question three times. Do you love me? 
In the Passion Translation of the Bible, the footnote for John 21.15 sheds some light on this question. The Aramaic word for love used is huba, and is taken from a root word that means to set on fire. This was the word Jesus would have used to ask Peter, Do you burn with love for me? This time, there were from Peter no blustering assertions, no self-important declarations. Peter had touched the very roots of his weakness. Those weaknesses and mistakes and even sins that have been witnessed by our charcoal fires become the bridges to truth, to humility, to the trust that children have because they are not able to do anything for themselves. The footnote continues, It was Peter's boast that he loved Jesus more than the others. And though everyone else would leave him, that Peter never would. That boast that had proved empty. As within hours of making that claim, Peter actually denied that he even knew Jesus, and he denied him three times. So Jesus asked Peter three times if he loved him. In essence, Jesus knew how to bring healing to Peter and to remove the pain of his denial. Three times Peter denied Jesus, but three times he made his confession of his deep love for Christ. By the third time, the crowing rooster inside Peter had been silenced. And now he was ready to be a shepherd for Jesus' flock. So here are five things always to remember when you think about the wounds the charcoal fires in your life have witnessed. First, Jesus resets the relationship we have with him. After three denials, he invited Peter to express his love for him. No shame or guilt or failure or regret. It is about love. It is 100% about love. No matter what you have done in your life, Jesus wants to know only one thing. Do you love me? Right now, hear Jesus calling you by name and asking you this question, Do you love me? Second, Peter and several other apostles went fishing, spending a futile night on the lake. He who had been made to be a fisher of men returned to what he had been before he met the Lord Jesus, at the lake's shore three years earlier. Perhaps Peter thought that was all he was good for after he had failed so miserably. But Jesus knew Peter. Jesus knew 
that Peter loved him. Sometimes we are ashamed, and we also reduce ourselves to a small life, letting go of dreams, relinquishing hope, sometimes even the hope of eternal life. It seems perhaps that there could be no way that God could not be disappointed in us. At the charcoal fire, however, Peter realized that God was not surprised, angry, vindictive, or disappointed. When we stumble, God is there to meet our failure with grace, a limitless love for all of us who are limping saints. Third, charcoal fires have a distinct smell. When Peter swam to shore and smelled that fire, the memory of the other so recent and still stinging memory at a charcoal fire still seared his conscience. Jesus invited Peter to follow him into the memory of his failure and betrayal. Instead of leaving Peter to sink in the shame of these memories, Jesus invited Peter to let him into those memories. They could face them, Jesus and Peter, together. We all have memories of sins committed and sins committed against us. Shame and guilt around these memories. Memories that wound, that we want to hide, that we pretend never happened. But Jesus helped Peter confront the memory of his betraying the master he loved. It is an invitation to not fear the healing process when Jesus stands on the shores of our heart, asking us to let him in, to let go of the past, to allow him to heal and transform our wounds with his glorious mercy. Jesus will often take us into memories where we do not wish to go, but he knows that we are more than we think we become by our mistakes and weaknesses. By standing in our memories with Jesus, things change. For if Peter was hurt, when Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? God's love for us doesn't gloss over our pain, the wounds that need healing in our life. Jesus specifically drew Peter to himself in order to reset the broken places of his denial with mercy. But just as a doctor carefully resets a broken bone, he doesn't just say, oh, you'll be all right. Everything is just fine. Jesus resets what is broken within us through the medicine of mercy. Even if the brokenness in our life has hardened and our hearts are deformed because they've never been taken under the divine physician's care, love can make us pliable and whole once more. This is what the mercy of Jesus does. 
in some mysterious way believe that he is right now arranging your renewal through mercy and the willingness to love. And finally, when Peter denied Jesus, he also denied himself. He denied his love for the master. He denied the three years of growth and transformation that had been his as he had walked by the master's side. He denied who he had become as a follower of Jesus and his apostle. On the shore that post-resurrection morn, after a night on the lake, Peter had again come up with nothing. After relying on the one thing he felt he should be able to do, fish. After all, he was a fisherman. Jesus needed Peter to understand that he could not continue relying on himself. Again and again, with every boastful or desperate attempt to prove himself or provide for himself, Peter realized the nothingness from which he came and the nothingness of which he of himself was capable. Throw your nets off the starboard side and you will catch something. Simon, do you love me? Feed my lambs. Jesus has a plan for Peter who is to lead the church as rock. However, Peter needed to lead as sinner, not savior. Only Jesus saves. All of us, every one of us needs saving, yet participates in the mystery of the salvation of others. Always, always. It is miracle. Forever. It is mercy. I too have my charcoal fires. Slowly have I taken in my poverty as Jesus stands by me to tell me it is going to be okay. That he is the one that does things. He is the one responsible for making things happen. I will mess things up again and again. The woman in bedraggled gown crying in the corner so aptly described by Jessica Powers in her poetry. I must let Jesus be the one who bears the sign of victory. Slowly have I let the slightly warming spring weather creep into my wintry heart this Easter and open the fragile flowers of my dreams once again. Has your Easter been more like a trumpet blast from the Hallelujah Chorus or like an uncertain breeze announcing something unknown yet unmistakably true? This Easter, Jesus wants to bring you healing he wants to turn the charcoal fire of your shame to the place that witnesses your humble love for him. Your answer to Jesus' heart that you will be his friend, that you will let him lead you, forgive you, heal you, and shape anew 
your life. Amen. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree.